TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back to the Morning Briefing. I'm your host, Eric Dame. Jake Hughes is your producer in ConnectingBets.com. Well, that's your website. Entercoms, ConnectingBets.com. Connecting Bets every day through news, information, benefits, opinion, analysis, we're a team of veterans representing just about all of those armed services. Right now, we don't have any Coasties or Airmen on, but you know, we're looking at some that uh, may be joining the team. You never know. They're providing insight from their career in the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps. We're looking at it from angles that you would expect veterans to look at it from and some that you might not expect veterans to look at it from. Fantastic stuff and covering fantastic stories and the not-so-fantastic, like the issues that continue to swirl around VA Secretary Shulkin. Is he going to make it? Is he going to resign? Is he going to survive? We don't know, but we'll be there keeping an eye on it and making sure that you are kept abreast of the situation as well. To find out more about it, visit ConnectingVets.com or follow us on Instagram, where we are at ConnectingVets on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. It's Friday, and every Friday... I really know that the weekend is approaching when I see Joe Davis or somebody else from the VFW showing up in the studio. That lets me know, oh, hey, it's almost the weekend. Also lets me know that we're going to have some fantastic items to talk about because the VFW always comes prepared and always has something that they want to talk about. It's part of the reason why I joined the VFW as a member a few years ago, post 1469 out of Huntington Station, New York. Hello to all the boys and girls up there. And right now, we welcome Joe Davis, Communications Director from the VFW, live into the studio, and Mike Leturst, Chief of Communications from the National Park Service, National Mall and Memorial Parks. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Eric. Mike, did I pronounce your last name properly? Litterst. Litterst. Okay, I've got it now. Thanks for having us. Just going to call you Mike from here that, on that out. That is so I won't perfectly have to worry fine. About it. So, Mike is here from the National Park Service, and we've got a couple of issues that have come up recently that Mike's going to fill us in on kind of the details on. One of which is the cremains issue that we already talked about with Joe a few weeks ago. The other one is one that's more recent. And, Joe, I'll allow you to kind of introduce the subject and, and why it's something that you were interested in talking about. And as I understand it, it involves what people can and can't do with cameras on the National Mall. That's exactly right. I mean, basically, the Nash, what the National National Park Service is worried about is they're worried about uh, people commercializing the national parks. Right. I mean, uh, here on the National Mall, we have all the war memorials. We have uh, the uh, the presidential memorials and everything else like that. And we don't want people come out and making commercials. Yeah. And so what uh, there have been instances of where people have come out there with the $40,000 cameras and tripods and had uh, their whoever their actors are or whatever do retakes. Mm. And whoever the Park Service official was on duty basically says, do you have a permit? And these permits can cost from $100 to $200, depending on the amount of time uh, that you want to be out there. Now, apparently some of uh, one of these times was during an honor flight mm. when people come here. From, I mean, World War II veterans are coming here from far, far away. They're bringing their hometown press with them with $40,000 cameras, by the way. And they're just in and out. It's part of the story to take back home and share with their folks. Right. And they got asked, do you have a permit? Yeah. 
So that's an issue that I'm, I'm very familiar with as someone who, again, served in the military as a mass communication specialist, trained in video, got out, college, working in the New York media and all that stuff. Uh, th- there's a difference, Mike, isn't there, between people who are out shooting a commercial and those who are shooting a local news story. But I've also seen, even in a place like New York, where, I mean, everybody knows who ABC7 or NBC4 is in New York, but sometimes if they're shooting at a specific place and they don't have a permit, it doesn't matter who they are. So what is the Park Service's outlook on this issue and, and, and how we can make sure people know what they are and aren't allowed to do? Sure. And the National Park Service is the proud custodian of America's Veterans Memorials on the National Mall. It's not just the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, Korean War Veterans Memorial, World War II Memorial, and of course, most recently, the American Veterans Disabled for Life Memorial. One of the things that we're charged with in managing these sites is making sure that there is not only access to them for all visitors, right. but to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to have a meaningful experience as part of their visit. And to that end, there are uh, regulations in place, regardless of who you are, right. about what sort of activities you can have there or what equipment that you that you can bring in there. So, you know, we look less at who you are as an organization and more about are you bringing in tripods that will block the very narrow sidewalk of the Vietnam right. Veterans Memorial or setting up uh, setting up equipment um by uh, regulation there are what are referred to as restricted areas at each of the the core memorials and it's everything from can't have events in the chamber at the Lincoln Memorial to where you can set up and and most notably as as Joe referred to uh, Vietnam Veterans Memorial, which right. is by far the most restricted of the restricted areas on the National Mall. And is this something that's that's really more, again, as you just used the word restricted, restricted to those monuments more so than the parks? I mean, if someone wants to go to the, the park along the river where there aren't any monuments or anything like that, is it easier to film there or, or less restrictive? Correct. The, the, the regulations are you may film anywhere on the National Mall. Yeah with the exception of these restricted areas. Hmm. So it, it's just the areas immediately around or within the core areas of the major monuments and memorials. Other than that, photographers are welcome to set up. First Amendment demonstrations are welcome to take place. Special events, those sorts of things can take place anywhere else on the mall. Is there any problem with that that you see, Joe, as far as restricting? I mean, we know, again, I've worked in media. I know, Joe, you've worked in media yourself. Lighting kits for for even a, a bigger news company, those lighting kits, people aren't going to be able to read the names on the Vietnam Wall if they're pointing in the wrong direction. I, mean, I think it's all workable, and I think it's, you know, it's basically just an education uh, moment, you know, for the Park Service employees, uh, the Park Service volunteers. I mean, we, I don't think the Park Service here in Washington can exist without their volunteer corps. Oh, yeah. And But I think, you know, we just got to pass the word out there that you know i can under- definitely understand about tripods especially down around the vietnam oh, yeah. mall because that is a very narrow sidewalk right there and but we don't want the commercialization of the mall no. you know house of cards i originally thought was being filmed in washington i didn't know it was going to be filmed in baltimore yeah. but uh, <laughs> but the opening scenes and things like that you can just imagine uh, all the the lighting and the setup and, oh, yeah. and all the preliminary the, the prep work that had to be done before they even got those opening shots which were shot in washington by the way And, you know, that's something that, uh, again, having worked in New York City, I remember being on the way to work early one morning. I think I was working a uh, a 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. shift at 1010 Winds News Radio. And at 1 a.m., they had one of the streets that I normally drive on blocked off because somebody did have the permit and they were filming there. Even when they had the permit, dude, I got to get to work. 
I would be I would have been even more frustrated if I were a Vietnam veteran or a World War II veteran trying to get to this memorial. I may have been waiting my entire life to go see, and you've got you know Kevin Spacey or somebody out there getting in the way. Is is that a concern also, Mike? And and you've just hit the nail on the head. The the sort of the benchmark I look at is that family from Kansas. This is their one and only trip to the National Mall. They're going to the World War II Memorial to honor their grandfather, or they're going to look up a name at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, and we simply can't have activities there that are going to prevent them from having that meaningful connection with these with these veterans' memorials or the Lincoln Memorial or the Jefferson Memorial or the mm-hmm. Washington Monument. How difficult is it to get that permit? New York City, which I, I'm just talking all about New York City today for some reason, but I know in New York it, it can be difficult. I mean, the the big film companies and TV companies and people like CBS, ABC, they have full-staffed offices. that That's all that they deal with is getting shooting permits for Manhattan. How difficult is it for someone to get a permit for the right things? Again, Crazy Eddie, uh, who I think is dead now, so we don't have to worry about him, but Crazy Eddie Antar is not going to be shooting a Crazy Eddie ad in front of the Vietnam Memorial. He's not going to get a permit. Those who are doing legit things for a movie or for a news story or something like that, is it a difficult process they have to go through? We certainly like to think it's not. Uh, we have a division of permits management, sort of as, as you alluded to, um, it is fully staffed. Uh, they process on average 3,000 permits a year for wow. the, the, the D.C. areas. And that's everything from the Honor Flight Network visits to, to, the, to the memorials to those commercials and, and, and activities that, that we are able to, able to permit. Um, they are under the gun. They are up, um, they are up almost 30% uh, wow. this year over last year, uh, primarily due to the increased workload for First Amendment demonstrations and, and those sorts of things. Um, but we have, uh, again, a staff. Um, best thing we can suggest is if a group is planning a visit, uh, get in touch. We can let you know, do you need a permit? Is it the sort of thing uh, we can just walk you through? Where can you set up? Where can't you set up? Hey, here are the best places we can suggest to, to set up for your photographs, um, and we'll walk you through the process. This sounds like it could be part of an issue, Joe, with dealing with people from other areas, like, say, the news crew that came in with the honor flight. If you're not from a major metropolitan area, film permits aren't something you ever need to worry about. You're the media. You show up and, hey, there's the NBC Peacock. That's all they need. Washington, D.C., L.A., Chicago, New York, Houston. They're like, that's great. You're from NBC. Guess what? I'm not from NBC, so I don't really care what you're doing. Is, do you think that's part of the issue is just the uh, the differences in in media markets and people not understanding that with your background? I, I, th- I think so. But, you know, also, you know, Mike and I were talking outside before we came on. And, you know, this is really a uh, it's a communications issue. I think it's a training issue. And it's something that I think it's workable. I definitely think this is workable because, you know, obviously, the honor flight uh, folks are coming in here from wherever they're coming in here from. Right. And it's for a very finite amount of time. The camera folks are following their people. They're not going off into, you know, because they have to get back on the same bus and get back on the same plane. Right. So, you know, I think uh, I think the issue, you know, bringing the sticks to tripods, yeah. I think that is an issue right there that can definitely be worked with our flight. And I don't think anybody's, I think everything here is workable. I know we got the congressional interest in this. And I don't think, I don't know if the, uh, the uh, superintendent of the Park Service responded yet to uh, the, uh, the two Congress people. But uh, I think this is a, I think this is something that can we can get a check mark on. I think so too. I don't think it's that hard of a workaround. I think most people understand things that uh, I mean. It's pretty basic. The Vietnam Veterans Memorial that's for the Vietnam veteran. It's not for the film crew. Even if it's a film crew following a Vietnam veteran, you take a back seat to every other Vietnam veteran there. And if you're getting in the way. Hey, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, you don't need to carry a $40,000 camera no. anymore. I mean, these high, high-tech high beta cams they got out there right now, they're, they're just as good and a whole lot lighter. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's all digital now. You don't even need tapes. 
this is not an issue that I think there's any disagreement on. We're all looking to to create the best possible experience right. for veterans when they visit these memorials and the and the general public. Yeah, they want to they want to document their visit, and obviously, you want the park service to look good as well. Yeah, and these are beautiful places. You mentioned the Disabled Veterans for Life Memorial. I was lucky enough to be asked to MC the uh, the inaugural Day of Honor oh. for that, and it was I, I'd driven by it, and I knew it was there, and I'd seen pictures of our friend Rob Jones uh, running in front of the wall. Uh, I, I'd seen things like that. I knew it was there, but then I actually got to go and see it, and, and it was uh, I got chills, man, as I walked through it. There's so much for people people to see here in New York. And I understand the want to promote that and to tell the stories of people like Vietnam veterans coming in to do that. And that's the issue that we're talking right now about with, with Joe Davis from the VFW and Mike Litterst. I got it right that time. Chief of Communications from the National Park Service, National Mall and Memorial Parks. I have a difficult last name, so I try to get everybody else's <laughs> right. So my apologies for the first time that I didn't, Mike. Let me, let me throw a hypothetical at you. Is this an issue that you've ever come up into where uh, you know, as Joe talked about, there are those professional-grade cameras. There are also those, uh, you know, amateur Fellinis out there who like to think of themselves as the next James Cameron or somebody who may go out and splurge on that $40,000 camera. Is it ever an issue where we have the veterans themselves who may have professional-grade equipment coming out to try and film something? And and how would we deal with that if, if we did? Off the top of my head, I can't say for sure we, we've had a situation like that, but... As audiovisual equipment becomes more accessible to the masses, we certainly right. see more times where junk public will show up with a couple of light stands and a and, yeah. and a tripod. Um, and the the rangers uh, are are trained to deal with that in in the same way. I, you know the the tripod, whether it's from the ABC affiliate in Omaha or whether it's a tripod that somebody's brought from home. That's still creating a, a bottleneck uh, on the wall. It's detracting somewhat from the meaningful experience that, that the visitors can have. Um, and we'll ask that tripod to, to to move to the non-restricted areas for that individual, just like we would for a, for a news crew. I would think, knowing how people in the news, kind of being one of the media members myself, uh, some people in the media... Often a little bit of outsized ego there. Sometimes uh, don't respond well to being told what they can and can't do. Uh, is that anything of an issue for the for the Rangers out there? With you know local news crew, you said Omaha. Let's say Lincoln, Nebraska's local news crew shows up there, and the big fish in the little pond in Lincoln. Now they're in Washington D.C. Don't you know who I am? I'm allowed to do this. I'm in the press. Is that something that comes up? We see that rarely from both the press and from the general public. Right. Um, and it's not as much of an issue as you might expect right. because it is the Vietnam veterans Memorial or it is the world war two Memorial. And I like to think, and I have seen that people understand why these, these rules and restrictions are in place. So right. yeah, there may be a little bit, a little bit of, of grumbling. Um, but, but it, it's rare that we, we have an issue. I, I think Joe made a, made a great point that it, it's about the communication. Yeah. Um, you know, the local affiliates work with them on a, on a regular basis. They'll call and say, Hey, we're going here. Tell us what the restrictions are. I've got maps in place. I've got text, email it. And everybody knows what the rules are. We work, for example, when the honor flights come, they know what the rules are. You know, they, they have gotten a permit for, and they'll share that information with any media that may be with them. Um, and we're constantly as our staff turns over and we get new rangers and new volunteers on, Having to share that information and make sure that our people understand what the what the the limits of the restricted areas are as well. Now, 
Here's another question, may sound a little bit off the wall, but do you ever have to deal with the fact that, again, as you say, cameras have become more accessible. I have a supercomputer I carry in my pocket everywhere that has an HD video camera on it. Uh, when we talk about the commercialization, as Joe was talking about, and that's something that the VFW is uh, big against, people trying to commercialize veterans' memorials or things in any way, trying to make money off of it. It's just not cool, right, Joe? Not I mean, cool. that's not something we want to see. Um, do we ever have the issue with how small cameras are where people are kind of, you know, on the down low, surreptitiously going in and, and kind of filming uh, commercials or things like that without the knowledge just because they happen to be using a phone and the high-quality video equipment that's as small as that? And that has become a, a, a bigger challenge over the year. It, it, you know, 10, 15 years, you could immediately identify somebody that might be there trying to commercialize any one of the monuments or memorials. Right. Now, again, the, the, the phone I've got in my pocket has far better resolution than, you know, what news crews were using even just 10, 15 years right. ago. Betacam SP um, 10, 15 years right. ago. And so, right now my phone shoots HD, uh, which is a, a lot better resolution. Yeah. So, uh, so that is, uh, is certainly a challenge. A couple of different things that we're dealing with, you know, one is the, the permit for on the ground. One is what is that footage going to be used for mm. afterwards? Um, and you know, if, if, if it's going to be used for, for purposes to commercialize the the memorials or to make money. And, and I think it's one of those things where you have to think of the, the current technological aspects of society and how video is becoming a larger part of life through things like YouTube, where you might not have the trained journalists who know like, Hey, I got asked to shoot here. Now you've got people like this Logan Paul kid that went over to Japan and found someone who had committed suicide and thought that would be good to add into a YouTube video. It, it just seems that again, when you have people who may not have been, uh, trained properly may not be working for an organization that uh knows the right steps to go through we can run into those issues and, and it may not even be intentional it may just be a well i didn't think about that you know they're not a veteran or something they want to come like hey this is a place i've always wanted to get to i mean uh, how understanding is the national park service with things like that if someone films something uh, will you guys ask them to take it down are there other steps that you guys will take when someone puts something up that you probably would have said no to had they applied Depends on what it's used for. Uh, you know, we had a, an incident just uh, this week where somebody was advertising a tour uh, on a website that it was implying endorsement by and involvement by the National Park Service. And you reach out for something like that um, and, and ask that that, that be changed. Um, trying to keep track of every single YouTube video that's out there can, can be become a, a bit of a challenge. We see that every few years, the the issue of 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 waiting in the the World War II fountains, uh, you know, when the weather gets warm and people treating the the, the memorials with you know with with without the respect that, that they deserve, you know, it's as much as we would like to, we simply are unable to reach out to everybody that posts a, a video of disrespectful uh, uh, conduct yeah. uh, at the memorials, uh, and a lot of times our partners, you know, be it Honor Flight or, or VFW. Uh, or uh, other VSOs uh, will take up the cause for us and put out statements, um, you know, condemning those sorts of actions. I think there should be some sort of shame police that just combs through YouTube videos. And if somebody's doing something stupid at one of the memorials, you point it out. Or like vandalizing the <laughs> Vietnam Wall. Oh, things like that, which, uh, you know, whether whether they, they do it in a way that they think is uh, is something meaningful to them or to their family member that passed away. Or if they're just being jerks, which uh, can occasionally happen as well, um, I'd recommend you do not do that at the Vietnam Veterans Memorials. If one of those Vietnam veterans sees you, 
Uh, those are gentlemen who are usually uh, able to take care of things themselves and very often willing to do so. Speaking of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, as I mentioned, we had Joe on a couple weeks ago. And we were talking about an issue that came up in a Washington Post story about people leaving remains of Vietnam veterans. In many cases, as we were talking about earlier, those veterans who were never able to make it to the wall. It was kind of their dying wish to get to the wall and their family thought, I'm going to bring you there. That's what I'm going to do. The unfortunate aspect of that, while that that is certainly something that I can respect and a heartfelt gesture, if you put remains, cremated remains, or, well, hopefully cremated remains, don't be leaving caskets in front of the Vietnam Wall. That'd be a whole other story. If you leave them there, Mike, your people have to remove those, right? They're not allowed to stay there for a variety of reasons. So uh, how do you guys look at that issue, and how are you dealing with the the increase reported by the Post over the years? And and we are seeing an increase uh, in recent years, even recent months, and likely attributable to, you know, 1968 being a, a watershed year in Vietnam. I heard Joe mention that on the show a, a couple weeks ago. That's 50 um, years ago. Yeah. Can't, You're, you're pushing 70. If you were 18 and 68, you're going to be 70 in two years. And that's probably the other major reason, and that is that the <laughs> Vietnam veteran population is 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 simply older, aging, man. and yeah. there are uh, and we will see that increase over the over the coming years. Obviously, the National Park Service, we are not uh, a cemetery. We are not a, a mortuary. We're simply not equipped to deal with the long term disposition of of, of human remains. Um, we would certainly encourage families to reach out to the Veterans Administration or the National Cemetery Administration, those agencies which are specifically charged with seeing that those veterans' remains get the, the, the proper treatment, the proper burial, the, the indignity that they deserve. You know, is is there any sort of possibility? And and I I know there's a lot of red tape around the National Mall. I know getting things changed. For example, the uh, the World War One Memorial that's now been designed in uh, Pershing Park is the location where they're looking at for that. I know that took years to get uh, approval for that. Is there any way that you see that could even be feasible? You know, an, uh, an idea that we had that came up the other day was some sort of large urn where people could put a small amount of ashes and combine a lot of Vietnam veterans and then maybe bury it on the premises when it gets full, start another one, that kind of thing. Is there any way that something like that is even feasible or is this just not something that that, that area is zoned for? I mean, how can we do it? Can we? You can never say never. Um, how, but, did you, how, did, how did you do it down at Yorktown? Um there are any number of national parks where it is permissible to spread ashes. Um, mm. And, of course, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial has the, I think, we're unique in that people are simply leaving cremains as opposed to, to spreading them. It's one thing to go to the Yorktown battlefield where you have 4,000 acres that you can go out into or the 2 million acres of wilderness at Yellowstone right, where people, right. you know, a lot of people have their, their, their cremains spread. Something entirely different in a very busy city block Um yeah, where with a lot of people, there. with a lot and of a people, a lot of people there for a long time. I mean, it, it, what time? What time do the crowds really start showing up at the wall? They, it's pretty early in the morning. I mean, you can right? be out there twenty four hours a day and, and have people around, but you know the 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 tour groups they start you know seven eight o'clock in the morning, especially especially in the summer. Um, so the spreading of remains uh, is 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 very difficult. We've had lots of comments about maybe columbarium or someplace. Um, but of course, that ultimately yeah, that changes the meaning of the memorial. Right. Um, you know, something like that. The regulatory organizations, Commission of Fine Arts, National Capital Planning Commission, uh, Congress themselves, who established the memorial, all of those organizations would would have to be involved in a in a in 
what would what what simply would be a major change to the to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. It absolutely would, and this is uh, this is something that I think is going to become a bigger issue before it becomes a smaller one. As you mentioned, if you were eighteen and sixty eight, you're sixty eight now. I mean, that's and that's it's it's a fact of life. We're all getting older. We um, on the plus side, the article in the Washington Post and the and the the other coverage that came out of it um, attracted the attention of of the right people. We have heard from and had very um, encouraging dialogue already with the VA, with the, the cemetery administration. Uh, we heard from an organization known as the Missing in America Project. Hmm. Uh, they work with funeral homes to make sure that abandoned cremains of uh, veterans uh, are given the full military honors at a national cemetery. So we're still having discussions. We're still talking, but we're encouraged that, that there is going to be uh, a, a dignified solution come out of all of this. Uh, and I think that there is. And I think getting the info out there is the biggest key. I don't think people are wanting to cause problems with filming. I don't think they're wanting to cause problems with leaving the cremains out there. I think that most of them, not all, we all know there's jerks out there. I know quite a few of them myself. Uh, most of them have the best of intentions when they're doing this stuff. And all we need to do is make sure everybody's informed and up to date. And to do that, Mike, is there any place people can go to fill out a, for a permit to apply for that and find out more information about what you can and can't do at the uh, mall? Uh, NPS.gov slash NAMA, short for National Mall, uh, is our website. We have at the moment a, a small section on permits. We are in the process of completely redoing that section that will provide Lots of additional detail about what you can and can't do. We'll look for that to, to roll out probably in the next month or so. Um, or simply send an email, national underscore mall at nps.gov. We'll get that over to the permits folks or whoever uh, is working on uh, on the issue. Get back to you and help you plan again for a meaningful and dignified visit, whether it's the Veterans Memorials or anywhere else on the mall. We want to thank Mike Ladurst from national park service and joe davis from the vfw vfw.org to find out more about them morning briefing back with gw vets after this tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports clock at four donchich the step back three you bet music you set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.